Alright, thank you for tuning in to the Your Life in America pre-show live on KZAALP 96.5 FM. That was a whole bunch of straight edge bands, straight edge hardcore for National Edge Day. You're now tuned in to Your Life in America, the talk show at the top of the hour. Thank you for tuning in. Special guest here in the studio with me today, Henry. How are you? I'm doing pretty groovy. Pretty groovy. Is this too creepy for the airwaves? I, I think we got to expand people's minds. I think the feeling of being uncomfortable in an unfamiliar environment, I think that's something everyone's going to have to experience. And what better way to present that to them in this kind of safe environment? Oh, and there's, there's also... That's, there's this old hip-hop group called Flatliners, and... I think they sampled this in really? one of their old, one of their music videos. It's I think it was for it was like Live Evil, um, some good horror core stuff. Which <laughs> you know it is the Halloween season, so it is yeah. So you ha- we had talked about horror movies, and I was like, what is one of the scariest horror movies I could <laughs> think of off the top of my head? And the first thing I thought was The Omen. The yeah, The Omen's a classic. Omen. Um, let's see. My association with the Omen. That's enough of that. (laughs) Freaking me out. (laughs) Freaking you out. What were you going to say about the Omen? Oh, so so I don't have a good relationship with my biological father. Okay. He... Thanks for getting uh, was, so vulnerable right <laughs> off the bat. I love it. I love it. Yeah, he was he was an alcoholic and, and a drug addict, uh, which can also go into the straight edge thing. Uh, but right. I think it was like shortly after my parents separated, I, I saw him in Kids World and I was, was, I think I was like five or six or so. And he like approached my brother and I and he was selling bootlegged like movies. And I think the Omen remake <laughs> just came out and he was selling... The, like a bootlegged version of the remake of The Omen. Wow. And it's so weird because it was <laughs> it was kind of like, yeah, my bio dad, he kinda, it was kind of like him being possessed during his whole like, you know, when he was on alcohol and drugs. So I just thought that was like, so I, I do have some, so it was like, oh yeah, he's selling a movie about a possessed guy. That's kind of what happened yeah. to him. Ironic. Yeah. <laughs> Were you interested in buying it? Uh, <laughs> no, nah, I was more just kind of uncomfortable seeing him there. <laughs> I don't think he was supposed to see Yeah, I think I remember yeah, my mom getting mad at him and stuff. He was actually arrested a few years ago for uh domestic abuse. They had to get a canine unit. Uh yeah, this is kinda going downhill, this whole It's not going thing. downhill, it's wonderful but, material. Uh segueing into uh, straight Edge Day or Edge Day. Edge which Day, yeah. Is today October seventeenth. Yeah. It's also Eminem's birthday. Shout out Slim Interesting. Shady. Yeah. Yeah. Because he dealt with addiction stuff. Oh, yeah. I know. Um, yeah. He. Oh, yeah. He went through really bad in like the mid early 2000s. He did. And stuff. Yeah. I'm a huge uh, Slim Shady fan. Yeah. He's really. He's, his early stuff's really nostalgic to me. Uh, especially the. Also segueing into some Halloween stuff, Slim, <laughs> Slim Shady LP. Lots of kind of serial killer vibes to that. Uh, it seemed like he was yeah. in a really dark place. And Marshall Mathers LP. It seemed like he was in a really dark place making the song that Kim. Stuff. The song Kim. Oh, that was like the first time I think a song. 
I think genuinely like disturbed you. Disturbed me. <laughs> you hear just like pure rage when in they, that. I know it's unkempt. When they made the edited version of that record, they couldn't even put that song on there. Yeah, no, and in the the final version, there's there's still a particular line they had to <laughs> they had to censor, uh, which is crazy that there's still you know. Even on the, the finished version, they had to yeah. cut out a line in that song. Yeah, so happy birthday, Eminem. Happy birthday, Marshall <laughs> Mathers, Slim Shady. Uh, happy Edge Day, National Straight Edge Day. For all the straight edge kids out there, you just heard an hour straight of straight edge hardcore from the 80s, 90s, Heck early yeah. 2000s, and present day live here on KZAA. Uh, that'll be up on the Your Life in America SoundCloud later this evening. Um, and you are listening to Your Life in America your local community radio station weekly talk show. We're here every Thursday from 3 to 5.30. Um, you can check out Your Life in America on Instagram at Your Life in America 96.5 FM. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. YourLifeInAmerica.com is a collection of writing I've done over the years um, in which I post um, on every once in a while when... Uh, Whenever I can, I wrote one recently about the month of October. We're talking about Halloween and everything. Yeah. So I wrote um, I wrote an entry on there called "Remembering October" and just you know what what October means to me and what connections I have to the weather and and movies and sports and all this mm-hmm. stuff. So that's up there. Uh, so next Thursday could possibly be the last Your Life in America show here. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> and we can get into this later about yeah. uh, what La Casa de la Raza means mm-hmm. to you and, and yeah. you know, I've been talking so much about it, but hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully we'll be back in here on Halloween Day, uh, doing a doing a show. Um, so that's kind of up in the air right now. GoFundMe mm-hmm. page for anybody who's interested can donate to uh, the Save La Casa fund. Um, yeah, my co-host is my aunt, Rosie. She's awesome. Uh, she makes the show. She's in Portugal right now, so she's having a great time. Uh, we said last week we were going to talk about she was going to update me, so she's having a great time, so everybody knows. Uh, Your Life in Prison, Volume 9. If um, if the Casa is still open and I can do my show here, I'll have Your Life in Prison, Volume 9, next month uh, with a friend of mine who's pretty excited i'm excited hopefully we can get it done um i think that's pretty much all that's going on with the show with the with the announcements and everything you have to tell me one thing i should have asked you this years ago Mm -hmm. how do you say your last name (laughs) my last name is pronounced lanier lanier okay because i i don't know french it's (laughs) i know it looks really weird to pronounce i think the french version was lanier which apparently Lanier. means yeah, which apparently means <laughs> falconer in French. I like um, that. Lanier. Yeah, I think it was my great great however long ago aunt. I think she knew Shakespeare, like Shakespeare wrote something wow. about her. Yeah, weird stuff cuz yeah, That's pretty was, That's pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, but, but 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 enough about my my last <laughs> your Shakespearean <name>. roots. <laughs> so in regarding National Straight Edge Day and oh, yeah. punk rock and hardcore and how it's positively affected our why lives. Don't, why don't we take a break and come back and we'll oh, talk take about a break that? And come yeah. Back. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to. I don't want you to go. Off. I know you're going to say some really good stuff right now, and um, we can. We'll do a whole segment devoted to that. Yeah. Um, 
while we're still in the intros and stuff, I intros. do I do want to say, so Henry, how old are you? I am 19 years old. Did you graduate high school yet? Yes, I did. Okay, right on. Those of you who can't see, Henry has pink hair, <laughs> probably the coolest hair in Santa Barbara. So Henry and I met, was it two years ago? It was two, yeah, two years ago, it was September. We, yeah. so I knew, um, I knew Carly and Jason from No Divide. I met I met Jason at it was it was a ramp show when they used to have those in 2016. Okay, because I think he knew me from Dead End Cemetery, and he was like, "Hey man, I know you from Dead End Cemetery. I'm starting this band called No Divide." And pretty soon, No Divide became a thing. And shout I, out No Divide. Yeah, they're <laughs> great, great band, great local band. Yeah, and they got new music coming out. They're going to record. They're they just played with DRI. They're mm-hmm. playing with Ill Repute. Ooh. So yeah. And uh, they're opening for the casualties in in Grover Beach. This place, Skip Gibson's, which R.I.P. Yeah. to Skip Gibson's. But it's no longer a venue. No, it this got a pretty cool setup. It was, yeah, but it was so, some weird stuff happened. It's it's just a restaurant yeah. now. So it's like a bar slash eatery place, and they had built a stage in there. If I remember, they did. Basically, it was like looked like it was built out of plywood. Yeah, yeah. And they were opening for the casualties. Yeah, and no, no divide uh, was opening for the casualties. And I couldn't drive. I still can't drive. I got to get on that <laughs> that wave. That's all right. That's punk rock, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I asked them if they could give me a ride since I knew them, and I wanted to see them play the yeah. casualties and all those other bands. So they're like, okay, yeah, we can give you a ride. And who they were also giving a ride to was this person right here this guy (laughs) yep yeah that's how i met him yeah so henry and i met in the back of the no divide van (laughs) on the way to grover beach to watch them open for the casualties yeah who sucked that night in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) so that's how we met yeah and and so my my initial uh reaction to meeting you as a person was like so awesome because i thought you were like the coolest person ever and we just talked the whole way up there this is kind of a long drive yeah, and you're, somewhat, and, yeah. Yeah, and you're very respectful, very well spoken, very smart, articulated all of your thoughts and opinions very well. And I, I mean, re- you kind of have to be when you're in the back of someone's van <laughs> on a long, long car ride. I know, especially with famous musicians. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I enjoyed that, man, and I remembered mm-hmm. that. And I, and at that time, your life in America, the blog was barely even started, so mm. I had no intentions on ever being in radio or anything like that, and so. But I remember when I first started this show that I wanted to have you on just because you're an interesting person. Thank you. Um, and I wanted to get you on the Fiesta Day, but it was so crazy over there that oh, day. Oh, yeah. God, it was wild. There was no... It was That was the craziest broadcast yeah, I've ever done. Just, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's always been just kind of like a tourist trap. It in, was. In general. But, and, yeah. But, but Broad- yeah, yeah, I saw you there. I know, and I wanted and to have you come over, but we were we were literally live on the air trying to navigate our equipment and Mm. while being live on the air with no music so Mm. there was just like if there was no conversation it was Mm -hmm. dead air and we were so i was literally talking continuously for like an hour or an hour and a half straight and i couldn't really stop and like but yeah Mm. but you're here now and that's all that matters possibly the second to last your life in america show yeah hopefully not hopefully um okay so we're gonna take a quick break I've got you. I always let my guests pick the music 
because right. I think you know you're the you're I'm interviewing you so I've got your is it I don't know how to say it OLSC how yeah do you say OLSC is that what shout it is? out Dylan Petrucci yeah it stands like old school bumps that's his his lo-fi hip-hop he he played drums in my old band dead okay. end cemetery great friend and amazing producer oh my god that kid's got <laughs> skills and this is some of his he's done a lot of production for this rapper named tabby who has two albums uh, three albums on spotify okay and this is his some of his solo um instrumental stuff that okay. i'm very happy to show it to you guys is he a santa is he from santa barbara used to he uh he lives in ojai now oh, okay and uh, well, if you get in, in there. if you get in touch with him, you can tell him we played it live on the radio, and you yeah. can check it out on SoundCloud. Definitely. But, all right, we're live. We're live here in the studio with Henry Lanier. <laughs> Lanier. <laughs> Sorry, on your life in America, live on KZAA LP ninety six point five FM. We'll be right back. We're back live on KZAA LP 96.5 FM, Santa Barbara. This is Dylan with Your Life in America. Miss Rosie, my co-host, is out. She's actually traveling in Europe and Portugal. She's doing well. She said to tell everybody hi. But I'm uh, live here in studio with my good friend Henry. Thanks again for coming out, man. Um, did, where did you come here from? I came here from my house. From your house. So yeah. school's done. School. So, okay, my kind of... I guess if I'm if I'm being uh, interrogated, I mean interviewed <laughs> about about my school life situation. So yeah. I graduated uh, from Santa Barbara High School, home of the Dons. Right on. Uh, <laughs> and uh, oh my god, what an experience that was! And God, so, we'll do a whole other interview <laughs> just about that, man. I'm a counselor, so I get all into that stuff. <laughs> and I so I I got accepted into. Lewis and Clark College in Portland, Oregon. Okay, yeah. And uh, so I, I'm I'm taking a gap year. I deferred my enrollment, so I'm going to be starting August of next year. So I'm going to be in Santa Barbara uh, until August of that year. I've been working, saving up money. I'm, cool. Uh, for my sort of gap year project, I'm writing uh, I'm writing an album, and I'm One. also going to try to have like a 
book of poetry that are the lyrics to each of the songs to kind of embody that, you know, I want to explore music and literature in college. And I know there's, there's a lot of people who are like, Oh, I don't want to go to school. I just want to, you know, do art, do my own thing. And, you know, I totally understand that people have different paths in life, but yeah, I, I definitely want to take advantage of, I think the, the privilege and the opportunity I have to go to college and to, um, to really learn more about music and literature and, and psychology. Cause I think I learn best in a condensed classroom environment because yep. I've been trying to teach myself music theory also with my, my wonderful guitar teacher, Matt, who I've been seeing since I was 10, uh, Matt Malloy. And, uh, I'm just saying like in a condensed classroom environment, you know, you don't have to worry about, I don't know, you got to feed your dog in the other room. Yeah. You hear noises out there. You don't have to, cause when you're in a classroom environment, you kind of have that, that, that pressure. You also have, someone more experienced to challenge you. And I think challenging yourself is uh, one of the most important things. And I think learning to push yourself uh, outside your, your comfort zone has been one of the most important things I've learned. Like, like finding that middle ground of knowing your limits, but doing your best to push yourself out of your comfort zone to grow as a person. Yes. And not morbidly reflect on your shortcomings. Mm. <laughs> yes. No, that's all. I, I, yes, I respect you very much for that and encourage you to get an education and take advantage of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. I'm a student. I've been a student at City Call SBCC for mm-hmm. this is my third year. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm taking advantage of the opportunity to get an education. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's great. And just to, and to be able to learn too. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's good credentials for a career and stuff like that. But to be able to learn, um, I think is an awesome thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, is there anybody, I should have asked you this before. Do you want to give any shout outs to anybody? Okay. Do you have, do you have a shouts. girlfriend you want to give a shout out to? I do. Her name <laughs> is Salem. Hi Salem. Nice. Uh, we're actually going, uh, I don't, I don't know if I should, if I should. Yeah. If you should. don't want to say it, don't no, say no, it. No, I'm just, I don't know. Cause I haven't asked her if like, okay. Cause she works at a place that is being honored in the Santa Barbara independent. We're nice. going to later, but I don't know if she's like, okay with me shouting out where <laughs> she worked. Cause I just realized I don't want to like, you yeah, know, when in blow doubt, her cover. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want to say I'm very proud of her. Also shout out, uh, to, uh, Ah, sorry, I have an inconsistent stutter. Uh, shout out <laughs> to okay. uh, to one of uh, probably I think to my my best friend Eden, okay. who's really great, close friend of mine, and uh, my cousin Max from New York, who I'm really proud of. He's going to college in nice. North Carolina. Awesome. And who else have I haven't I talked about? And oh, and and my friend Miles, who's incredible writer incredible poet like i i see some of their writing and i'm like dang i i need to step my game up (laughs) (laughs) right on man because i think it's really great to be like influenced by your friends or to have friends who either um whose work you admire my friend philippe who's Mm -hmm. going to college in baltimore uh incredible like cartoonist, illustrator. Nice. Um, a lot of his stuff is very kind of fantasy-based. Uh, he has an obsession with, like, goblins, and so he draws a lot it. of goblin characters. Yeah. Uh, we used to play Dungeons & Dragons together. He was a nice. 
fantastic dungeon master. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's in Baltimore, and I'm I'm very proud of him. Baltimore, and, uh, and all that all that stuff. All right, if anybody, if any of your other friends come up and you want to shout them out, <laughs> you go ahead and just jump in and do that. Thank you. Um, okay, so we were we, we uh, we've been talking about a lot. Again, thank you for coming out. Um, means a lot to me that you stop by. Anytime anybody stops by to talk, I, I really appreciate it, especially you. Um, so you had started talking about like we're talking about National Edge Day and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. you had started to talk about um, punk rock and hardcore yeah. and, and how it has a positive connection. Mm-hmm. to you as a person and so I, if you want to elaborate on that please do oh mo- yeah most definitely i so from a very young age i became aware because my my bio father who uh i referenced recently uh-huh. and i say bio father because just because someone is biologically related to you doesn't mean you have to accept them as family and Agreed. I think that a lot of times family can be, you know, chosen family, people who aren't related to you by, by blood can have such a profound positive connection on you that they become family to you. Agree. And so from a very young age, I became aware of what an awful thing addiction was, how it literally just like turns you into just a completely other person. Yeah. And because of that, the, the idea of drinking, doing drugs seemed totally unappealing to me. And because of that, I got made fun of by a lot of people for turning down stuff, for not wanting to partake in that. Yeah. And uh, so it was around, it was around like 13, 14 that I started, because I was aware of like kind of classic punk rock in my youth, like Ramones, Clash, Icky and the Stooges, Sex Pistols. But it was around like 12, 13, I started getting to, or 13, 14, uh, Mm -hmm. around, I was starting to get into like hardcore punk, my... Uh, one of my good friends, Cosmoli, he used to play in a band called Monkey House. He used to play drums in them. Uh-huh. It was like the first kind of local punk show I went to. Uh, I was at Velvet Jones, of, of all places, wow. when, they, when they used to have all ages, all ages punk yeah. shows. And, and you so were he, how old? I'm sorry, 14? I was 14 when I, yeah. when I saw my first kind of punk show, but I was 13 when he started getting me into his band and like Minor Thread and Black Flag and... Uh, some other local Santa Barbara bands like Blasting Concept and this one man called Mouth who now live in Oakland. They're this two-piece, amazing mm-hmm. band. Check them out on, on Bandcamp. And, okay. Well, Minor Threat especially introduced the concept of, of Straight Edge to me. And I was just like, this is kind of how I've always been. And seeing that felt so self-validating that it's, you know, you can take pride in yourself for not wanting to get involved in drugs and (laughs) i think the fact that it was also tied into punk rock that it was tied into this very kind of upbeat angry music it also fast loud and rambunctious yeah it it (laughs) helps me develop a more positive relationship with uh with masculinity and anger and while doing that uh you know kind of preached morals that i found to be reflective of myself and to me how i view being straight edge because because I do drink coffee. I, I am on medication for anxiety and depression. And those yeah. technically are drugs. But yeah. what I, f- what Straight Edge is to me is making a promise to yourself to take care of yourself and to uh, keep yourself free of addiction. Yeah, And I think that's important to view it that way because 
I think rather than an intolerant way. Oh, definitely, because I think there's a huge level of privilege. I think that comes with being because there's a lot of people who you know have to deal drugs out of economic necessity. A lot of people yeah. who uh, grow up in environments where they feel they have to do that as a means of escape. And I think it's unfortunate that there are some people who claim straight edge and they they bully addicts and they use that as this kind of like you know superiority complex and i think i think that's that's all wrong i agree and i'm biased because i'm in i've been in recovery multiple years myself Mm -hmm. and i'm a drug and alcohol counselor you know Mm -hmm. i'm a certified drug and alcohol counselor i've worked in the field for years um so i'm a little bit biased when it comes to all that and that Mm -hmm. i do strongly agree with you because I understand the neurological powerlessness there is behind addiction. And Mm -hmm. that's the thing about straight, you know, the thing about straight edge now that really is like, uh, to me is the intolerance, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you watch or listen to interviews with Ian Ian McKay or Mm -hmm. Ian McKay, however you say it, um, he talks about that. It was exactly the opposite of, of that, of intolerance and bullying and violence. It's everything you explained it perfectly, you know? Um, and yeah, I had this conversation with this guy today. It was funny cause he, he sits next to me in my, in my science class and mm-hmm. we were talking about edge day, you know, cause I was showing him the hard times <laughs> cause they're so <laughs> funny. And, um, yeah, shout out to the hard times. Yeah. Shout out oh. to the hard times for sure. And, um, yeah, so he, I don't know how it came up, but I, I told him like the straight, you know, it's the, the straight edge comes from the minor threat song mm-hmm. straight edge. And he had no idea. He's like, he thought it was like this gang, (laughs) (laughs) right? Seriously. And so Mm. I'm like, no, dude, like literally there's a song by Minor Threat called Straight Edge and Mm. that's where it derives from, you know? And so, yeah, I think it just turned into a thing. And like, dude, I'm so ignorant to the whole thing. Like when I was, when I was younger uh, and growing up and going to shows, it was just, there was so much violence and Mm. there was so much intolerance Mm. and there was so much like superiority and talking down and, and everything that I just really like, although I love straight edge hardcore, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) like I love the music, like have hard and champion and all these bands. And, um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's an interesting thing to me. Um, but yeah, I think that's really all I'll go into on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um And you grew up going to the Showcase Theater. The Showcase Theater, man. Which I became aware <laughs> of because there's this concert footage of Terror playing the Showcase Theater in two thousand two that I found yeah. off of YouTube. Awesome. I wasn't there I wasn't going I didn't go to Showcase first until I think it was 2004. I mm. saw the Dickies, a global Ooh. threat, the mm. unseen and a band called career soldiers. Mm. And, um, that was the first, first show I had been to house of blues and seen like the bouncing souls. And I had mm-hmm. been to warp tour, but I had never been to an intimate small venue like mm. that and, or been in a circle pit. And that mm. show was the first time my, I went, my friend who took me is actually dead. He overdosed mm. on heroin, but he took me to that show for the first time and took me in a pit in the, in the pit circle mm. pit. First time ever. And I was hooked, man. Mm-hmm. And the Showcase Theater is was is like is one of the most special places to me. It's part of my DNA. Mm-hmm. It's part of what molded me as a kid and everything and the values that site, you know, just everything, man. And mm-hmm. I found hardcore at the Showcase Theater at a ceremony ceremony show. Ooh, ceremony. Two thousand six when they before when all they had out was violence, violence, mm-hmm. and all they did was play ridiculously wild, angry crazy shows (laughs) and um yeah showcase theater was amazing man i can't Mm -hmm. tell you how many bands i saw there i saw the addicts there at least 
five or six times, the exploited uh, Vice Squad, GBH, mm. um, the Skeptics, mm. US Bombs, UK Subs, the mm. Voids, Naked Aggression, A Global Threat, Lower Class Brats, the Stitches. Like I could go on and on and on. Oh my, that's and it was like we would get out, we would get out of school, you know, and we would mm. grab our we would bring our skateboards with us to school. And um, I would save my money up over the week to mm-hmm. buy tickets to the shows. How much were tickets? They were like eight bucks. All right. If the addicts right. would play, it might be like twelve, mm-hmm. but never more than like twelve bucks. Mm. Um, when the exploited played, I think it was like fifteen. Um, but God, I know aggression used to play ill repute. Mm. Like we used to get everybody there, but we would we would bring our skateboards to school. And then we would skate down to the to showcase, mm-hmm. and there was there was a bunch of skate spots down there. The skate park was right down the street. And we would just skate and hang out, and then go to the show Tuesday mm-hmm. night or Wednesday night, and and that was and that was it, man. And uh, from like 2003 or four to 2007, I I went to hundreds of shows there, mm-hmm. and it was just like this place that, um, yeah, it's really sad that it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's literally like just vague, like empty. It just sits there. They didn't that tu- is, oh my God. <laughs> they didn't That's... turn it into anything else. It's just, it's just chained, locked up. You could still kind of see inside, like, because when I go back down there, some, sometimes I stop by and you can see inside and the doors are open so you can see the stage still. Mm. But it's just like, it's just empty and there's nothing there. So yeah. and That's what's kind of a, a bummer about like, I don't know, capitalism <laughs> in yeah. general. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, think that I, had, I can't come yeah. up with, um, I mean, when I was like 16, I was learning about like anarchism and anarcho-communism, and yeah. uh, I'm not educated enough <laughs> to really have a economic discussion. But I just, I just think it's, you know, it's it's really sad that spaces like that that really created an environment for, like, I think where where some kids kind of find their their sense of adolescence of maturing and meeting people at maybe like. I don't know parties or yeah. something. For me, it was very much going to going to local shows. I grew up yeah. in Santa Barbara, and I, the kind of most consistent DIY space was this place called the Fun Zone by the Batting Cages, and okay. that's where I saw majority of right over his, here by, by the tacos, yeah, but by the East Beach. Place? Yeah, okay. yeah, they used to they used to have shows there, and that's where I I saw majority kind of all ages punk hardcore stuff. That's where I. I met people and had awkward social interactions <laughs> in between the bands because yeah, after I'm all course. done moshing and yeah. stuff, it's just like, oh, I got to talk to new people now. <laughs> and yeah, and and moshing in a way, it kind of feels like this. I don't know. It was like this kind of rite of passage in yeah, a way. I agree. It was this way of just like I don't know. It was it was fun and and liberating. It was fun. And and I just it's so hard to. Uh, like prioritize and come across all ages stuff, and I think I think the most important thing in regards to uh, creating all ages shows is you have to work with other people because I made the mistake of trying to do so much stuff by myself, to reaching out to people, and if it's not your main job, you can't do it alone. You're you're gonna get burned out. You're gonna get yeah. frustrated by all the different obstacles because unfortunately there aren't places like the showcase theater or uh, or, or the living room, which I unfortunately didn't get to experience. But you really have to work together in finding spaces that are you know 
affordable that you can all work together to to rent out and or places that like finding connections of just people who have access to spaces that are good for and you also just got to check and you got to make sure especially if you have touring bands involved you got to make sure that the area is okay with amplified sound because yeah. that show gets shut down and the touring bands don't even get to play that's a major bummer to them yeah. you don't make enough to pay them yeah like because it is so hard to just make money in a band these days because in regards to you know you used to be able to make money through music like touring and merch that's all bands really can do to make money yeah. these days and and that's why i think you know in a lot of ways uh rap is kind of why i I think it's because, you know, it's only one person. You don't have to deal with like buying instruments or amps and stuff. You know, it's like, it's just you, it's just downloading stuff or working with other producers. And I'm not saying there isn't talent, like far, far from the truth. There's so much talent that goes into rap and hip hop. But I just think currently rap is having more of a cultural impact. I would agree than with rock. That. Um, but I, I still want to encourage people to, play the music that they feel best reflects themselves regardless of genre. And I I just think that that's more of a hurdle people who play in bands face with. And I think even though rap is having more of a cultural impact, I hope people who are still passionate about playing, you know, punk rock, rock music, that they, they still do that, that they still do what's true to them. I think there's a, I think there's a resurgence happening in the hardcore scene right now. Yeah. There's definitely, definitely a resurgence. Like the whole happening. kind of sound and fury. Uh, yeah. I mean, scene. sound and fury has been around for a long time, mm-hmm. but I mean, just up and coming bands. I just played a bunch of them. Um, Eco strike mm-hmm. magnitude, mm-hmm. one step closer. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's just so many, um, abuse of power mm-hmm. mill spec. Like there's all these bands that are, that are up and coming right now that are new, like in mm-hmm. the last two years that are putting out great records that are melodic and heavy mm-hmm. and passionate and they're touring and they're playing mm-hmm. shows. And, um, yeah, I think it's really cool. Every I time I hear, um, one step closer, I think of that, that Lincoln park song. It's like, yeah, most people I'm do. one step closer <laughs> to the end. And I'm about to break <laughs> everything you said to me. No, no disrespect to Lincoln Park or the no, man. Rest I, in I just peace, think Chester. of that. Oh yeah, yeah, rest in peace, yeah. Chester. Um, but no, yeah, one step closer. They're your age, man. Really? They're your age. Yeah, they're from Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania, which is a mm. weird little hot spot for hardcore and mm. straight edge uh, title fights from there. Cold World, oh. Cold World title fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, who else? I don't. But yeah, that's where they're from, and they played Sound of Fury, and their EP they put out for me to you is like I'm in, I I love it, like mm. I absolutely love it. Every song is like the human condition at its finest, and mm. I went and saw them at Sound and Fury, and it was just like stage diving and singing mm. my heart out, <laughs> and they're like your age. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that sounds groovy. Though. Yeah, all Sound that, and like, Fury this year all that was melodic stuff, all that staged all those sweaty guys if i if i see if i see ned russin i'm gonna i'm gonna give him a i'm gonna give him a big hug i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna grasp his his long hair and be like good job man good good job yeah i mean there's and and you know it's cool that i love sharing it with i with people that like yeah as a as a 14 year old kid myself mm-hmm. i found solitude in in uh, a little venue with loud fast angry music mm-hmm. with a bunch of kids who felt the same way you know, um, I really did. And it was, and it's, and it's, uh, you can't, nobody really understands that unless you've been there mm-hmm. and know how special that is. So I'm glad that, that we talked about that. And before we go to break, do you mm-hmm. want to talk about your own 
when I met you, you were in a band. Yeah, yeah, Was Dead End Cemetery. Dead End Cemetery, and I remember you had told me about them and I, and I listened to them and I think I messaged you on Facebook and told you that it was rad. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if I just watched a video or if you guys had music up or whatever, but so you're not in that band anymore, right? No, no, we, we are disbanded. Uh, nothing, nothing really bad happened between us. It was more just, uh, it was, it was more just, we, we just kind of, I, I guess I should say the other members kind of lost interest. I'm really not trying to throw them under the bus. Yeah, good, I mean, man. the other one's my, my brother. Uh, the uh-huh. other one's Dylan. I'm on great terms with, with all of them, but it's, you know, it was just, I mean, we started that band. I was 15. No, I was, I was 14 when I started that band. They were both 12. So, you know, as you get older, <laughs> so awesome. you know, your, yeah. your interests change and, yeah. and all that, you know, girls. Also sh- <laughs> no, thankfully it had nothing to do with girls or yeah. drama or anything like that. I mean, no, my, awesome, my brother man. still plays guitar and they're still both passionate about music. I think it was more just like, and also because of our drummer living in, in Ohio and that none of us could drive and we had to rely on our parents to yeah, orchestrate practices. That was, there was logistically some challenging. It was logistically yeah. challenging. <laughs> and I also wasn't starting off. I wasn't the best songwriter. I wrote a lot of just weird, complicated stuff when I really could have just been doing well, musically and lyrically. Yeah. I wrote a bunch of, I wrote a bunch of weird lyrics is kind of getting in tune with my inner like jack white and just love it writing some weird stuff some political stuff some angry yeah. stuff all that all of that course jazz. yeah so what are you working on now so i'm working god the the term solo if, if album you don't want to spoil it so, if you don't want to no no i'll okay. i'll I, I can go into a little bit it's just yeah. like I never thought I would be making a solo album. If my 14-year-old self heard myself <laughs> now, he'd be like, oh, yeah. uh, it's like, go what would he say? Go, to, go to bed, Neil Young, or, or something <laughs> like that. Or what, you're, you're going to play Freebird now or something? But um, no, but I think oh. it was, I think it was, it, it was as I got older, I got, back into some more kind of mellower sounding music and like i'm not older i mean when i was like 13 uh velvet underground or still one of my favorite bands and uh lou Lou reed Reed. yeah he was shiny shiny (laughs) shiny boots (laughs) i'm sorry i love this iconic song (laughs) and huge inspiration to a writer as me my family's from new york city so yeah uh, Velvet Underground Nico just like makes me think of home and just uh, so I think on this this album I'm going to be exploring just some more mellower sounding music. I'm taking inspiration from a lot of different places. It's gonna be a bit moodier sounding. Yeah. It's gonna be uh, I gotta get Dylan to show me how to do like program drum beats. I took a few drum lessons from Chris Dupree and uh, I want to try to play my own live drums on some tracks, but this is definitely going to be me exploring other forms of music before I get back into playing bands, getting back to playing that sweet, sweaty, groovy, hardcore, thrash, <laughs> punk stuff. But no, that's um, awesome, man. But I, so I mean, my deadline is before I go to college. I have like almost a song done, and I'm trying to do like 
at least 11 songs with a few interludes, which I kind of got inspired by. Um, the Childish Gambino album, Because of the Internet, is one of my favorite albums. And I used to nice. I used to listen to that song, that album a lot when I would visit uh, when I would visit my friend Eden uh, when she used to live in uh, Atascadero and uh, when I would take the train. The train ride from Santa Barbara to San Luis Obispo, oh, that's a gorgeous train ride. And just pulling from some of the imagery of that. But other than that, I only... <laughs> have i have almost one song done so that's awesome. i gotta get on that i gotta get those creative juices flowing your life in america will be here to support you and play your music thank you <laughs> as we are with do you know last point yeah i haven't heard their music but okay. i followed them on instagram i, I heard their yeah. your interview you did with them oh thanks for listening man yeah last point uh no divide so all the santa barbara locals who are fitting to what we do here we got you guys man <laughs> okay we're gonna take a quick break uh I'm going to play the Autumn, the song Autumn. Yeah, by, by Simple Sib, who I went to middle school with. He's currently, oh. he's currently in New York City doing his music college thing, so shout out to him. All right, here we go. We'll be right back. Down. 
Welcome back to Your Life in America, live here on KZAA LP 96.5 FM Santa Barbara, coming to you live from La Casa de la Raza on the east side of Santa Barbara. This is Dylan. You're here listening to Your Life in America, uh, here with Henry, our special, special guest this Thursday afternoon. Thanks again, Henry, for coming out. You're welcome. I'm the Redeemer. <laughs> um, was that a reference to something? <laughs> ooh, ooh! I didn't know if you were gonna ask me about that. I just, I guess, since you said you were your host, I felt like I should have my oh, title. It's from. I see. I see. It's from this '70s movie called Down and Dirty Duck. It's kind of like, it's kind of like Fritz the Cat on just, just like turned up to eleven, <laughs> and uh, we watched. Was that a Spinal Tap reference? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then that's awesome. A and I watched that New Year's Eve 2015 going into 2016 with Dylan and Tyrone when we were still in Dead End Cemetery. It's a yeah. weird, weird animated movie. But there's a character who says, I'm the Redeemer. And I couldn't think of, since you were Dylan, the, the interviewer, yeah. uh, I felt like I, I got to have a title. The too. Redeemer. <laughs> Sounds like a hardcore song. The Redeemer. <laughs> um, yeah, so thanks again for coming out, man. I, I, I love conversating with you about mm -hmm. music and life in general really mm -hmm. um yeah so you had messaged me about talking about horror movies ooh, ooh, yeah <laughs> um and yeah i was thinking for some reason you have like the coolest instagram story ever <laughs> and and i'm always i'm always looking at it and i don't know if like for some reason i i thought that you were like a film like a horror movie film buff or something like that so i like sort of i don't know why yeah. i thought that i and i don't know why i'm thinking of your instagram story being connected to that for some reason but i mean i am <laughs> very very passionate about horror and movies in general like when i when i was younger i thought i was i thought i was gonna be a film director when i was like really younger um yeah one of these days I, i'd love to get involved in a in a movie. I know Stephen King is like one of my biggest inspirations just for being a creator, being a writer. Maybe one of these Absolutely. days I'll write something. It can get turned into a screenplay. I could direct it or it could turn into a book. I'm very open to the future and possibilities, but yeah. horror is something that is, I never knew how to fully describe. I saw this clip of Jordan Peele talking. Love he was, him fantastic guy yeah. um he was he was talking about um black movies but i realized that this quote can also apply to horror movies and how i viewed it he what he said was um uh black movies african-american films uh, -huh. uh act both as an escape but also as a mirror to society okay and for me in a lot that's the appeal horror has had with me Sometimes if I need, sometimes if I just need to get out of my own head, I'll watch some really kind of, you know, cheesy, campy horror. Like I watched half of Saw 3 last night or maybe some old kind of like some old Ed Wood universal horror or like Herschel Gordon Lewis, like Blood Feast or Wizard of Gore. <laughs> Something really campy to just kind of take your mind off of things. Yeah. Or sometimes if, you know, if you want your horror to reflect you know, real world stuff. Like, um, I think there's, there's a lot of themes of 
uh, like classism within Dawn of the Dead or like religion or sexism and carry or um, mental illness and like hereditary and oh that's a uh, that's a that's a wonderful movie that very scary real, oh my god <laughs> that because yeah I mean you know sometimes I enjoy some of the I'm not like a huge gore fanatic I'm not or, like all. a huge campy guy I can get a little squeamish sometimes <laughs> but. What I really dig is that that psychological horror. That's where I'm at. That's exactly what I was. That's what really gets me, and that's what really stuck with me about Hereditary. Is um, I I would recommend the heck out of it. Ari Aster, he's like the he's like the evil Wes Anderson, (laughs) and with all his oh my god, Wes Anderson, and Wes Anderson's also just you know really nostalgic, uh, really inspirational as just Me a too. writer and a creator. And Wes Anderson is definitely. And I will forever defend him. Yeah, no, he's definitely an inspiration to your life in America. Really? Oh yeah, Rushmore is like my top five favorite movies of all time. All right. Yeah, Max Fisher, one of my <laughs> favorite. So we do this thing on here where uh, we've been doing where we bring in like our favorite fictional characters, Ooh. like one a week. Me and my aunt do, and um, Max Fisher. Jason Schwartzman's character mm. in Rushmore will definitely be a character we will be talking about. <laughs> I oh, love really? I love Rushmore. I love I love Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. He's he's got such a great taste in music yeah. and for his soundtracks yeah. too. Um, but yeah, so I absolutely agree with. I'm not a big gore person either. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to like blood and and like guts and cutting limbs off and the squirting, like I I don't need all that to be yeah. scared. Well, sometimes less is more. The the exactly. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, I that and the original Black Christmas probably tied for my favorite horror movie. Okay. So many people remember the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre as being this really violent, gory film. There's barely any on screen bloodshed yeah. on it. Yeah. And because of how certain scenes are shot, your own imagination is left to depict, you know, something even more horrible than they could even exactly. do. It cuts down the gratuitousness of it and i just think it's it's more creative and more psychological um and also speaking about like you know just from a a fan of music and sound design that the sound design and the music on in that film is just crisp and so guttural and just oh it's like a haunted junkyard (laughs) it's oh it's delicious and i love i love everything about that it's in my opinion, it's a near perfect horror movie. It's original it's Texas Chainsaw. The original Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre, nineteen seventy four, and the seventies horror and just seventies films in general. I just think I just think are brilliant and yeah. there's such a huge like Suspiria, the original Dario Argento, um, or what's some other seventies ones? Oh, there's this really obscure one called Let's Scare Jessica to Death. It's really <laughs> weird and just. Uh, yeah, or um, Eraserhead, David Lynch. Uh, he's uh, he did he also did like Twin Peaks and Blue okay. Velvet. Okay, uh, he's uh, also a huge inspiration to me. Just really good at doing atmospheric avant garde. Yeah, stuff. God, it's too bad my aunt's not here right now because she she's my co-host. Mm-hmm. She is like the movie. Like she she would know every single person in every single movie and mm. everything you're saying right now. She knows all that. I'll have to have her listen to the show and then she can. She can comment on it like next week or something. Of course. Um, but yeah, the the psychological borderline or not even borderline, the psychological disturbing thrillers mm-hmm. that are like horrifically dark, those are the ones I like. Yeah. 
like hereditary great example get out is a yeah. is a great example of like like the 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 complexity of the story of that movie is mm-hmm. like mind blowing to me mm-hmm. and it's just like in every oh it's just so good and like when i first watched it i didn't i didn't really factor in like mm-hmm. any type of racial component to that movie mm. i viewed that film initially as just a psychological horror film mm. and you know and i went back and heard all the stuff about you know um and, and and I understood the racial component of mm-hmm. it when I went back and watched it, but the the idea of that movie in itself, like switching brains and like all that stuff, mm-hmm. it's like you've seen. Have you seen Get Out? I have. Yeah. So you said Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. and then you talk about psychological. You know, that's what I thought. Get Out, and then the other one he did was pretty good too. Uh, Us. Us was good. I thought I I liked the first half of Us. I yeah. I liked um, Get Out much more. Yeah. I mean, still very well-made film. I still really admire him as a as a creator, and I think people who criticize horror as just being purely fantasy, as just being purely mindless, I think there's so much of it is rooted in reality. So much of Agreed. it has, you know, inspired me to learn about psychology. So yep. much of it for me when I was younger, I found this I found this sort of comfort in dark imagery and dark, spooky imagery there was just yeah. you know when i just felt very i don't know scared alone and confused when i was younger like yeah. halloween is like still my favorite holiday and just all the all the imagery Candy apples and just... razor blades. <laughs> <laughs> there's and my just... dancing for you <laughs> I'm, um, I'm not even gonna try I, pe- no, people I'm... don't need to be <laughs> scarred by that save that for the album man <laughs> no i'm i'm with you man and so a psychological disturbing thriller I will take all day, every day. And also I love myself a good demonic possession mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Just hit me with a good evil demonic possession yeah. movie and I will be satisfied. I don't know what it Definitely. is, man, but like the conjuring, mm-hmm. the conjuring and, and the conjuring two, mm-hmm. I think are two absolutely wonderful uh, horror movies. James Wan mm-hmm. produced both of those. Yeah. He produced uh, Annabelle Creation. He produced uh, God, what was the other one he made? But the Conjuring series, I mean, if you watch those movies, they're classic. Yeah. Like, classic, like no, there doesn't, there's no, I don't, I can't think like gore, yeah, anything crazy, but it's just so eerie and so mm-hmm. like, belie- it's like that believable, demonic, evil, malevolent possession spirit yeah. within some kind of household. And then um, Vera, uh, what's her name? Vera Farmiga. Yeah, from the 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 uh, Bates Motel lady. Vera. Yeah. So they I play. I could be getting her name wrong. No, I it's just... something like that. Her and uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren. They're the couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ed Warren's one of my favorite fictional characters of mm. all time. Um, I mean, they're based off real people. They are. So. Yeah. No, they are. They are. Yeah. But but the, the fictional depiction of him. Yeah, they're just. Yeah, I just I love a good. I love it. There's one I just watched on on uh, on Amazon Prime recently that was a that was a possession movie, The Black Coat's Daughter. I don't think I've yeah. Heard of that on the Black if, Coat's Daughter. If you're looking for a good a good possession evil spirit movie, mm-hmm. The Black Coat's Daughter. There's also I don't know if anyone knows about The Possession from 2012. Is it good? It's, I saw it on there, but I didn't watch it. It's okay. It so I was cheesy. I was 12 when I saw it. <laughs> it was. That was the first scary movie I saw in theaters, so that's why I remember it fondly. Um, I also just, I don't know, I also just like pulling up seemingly obscure stuff and, I don't know, 
feeling all special inside, <laughs> being like, oh, anyone remember this? And they're like, oh, I completely forgot about that. Is Just, it pretty you know, good? From when I was 12, I remembered enjoying it. It's kind of yeah. like a Jewish exorcist. Yeah. <laughs> um, the but, original, talking about 70s. But don't, don't take my 12-year-old my perspective. Uh, <laughs> so, so if you watch it and it's actually aged horribly, don't, don't come at me, bro. <laughs> Uh, possession like, movies never really I find them interesting but they never really scared me so much because I I'm personally agnostic and okay I mean I believe in like you know just energy within the universe and love and stuff but I think of because course. I personally didn't really grow up with like those sort of symbols or beliefs it didn't really hit so much like yeah. home I didn't either, and I have my own set of beliefs about mm-hmm. spirituality and stuff, but it's just something... I don't know, man. Those movies scare the mm. hell out of me. I don't know why. Well, a lot of the ways in how they're presented, it's I think... It's just so gnarly, yeah. Well, maybe it's because, you know, themes of, like, losing control of just... Yeah. Uh, which I think is a scary thing for God, a lot of people. God, that's deep, man. Losing control in life in general is scary, yeah. Let alone when it's an evil, malevolent force yeah. that's consumed your soul mm-hmm. and your projectile vomiting all over the floor yeah. i was gonna say you're talking about 70s but i think the exorcist the original came out in the 60s uh late- 1973 73 that's a great one too mm-hmm. yeah yeah poltergeist i love the poltergeist mm-hmm. yeah i watched the poltergeist i think when i was 12 um that one my uh dylan olsc x dead end cemetery has a great poltergeist story because his family showed it to him, I think, when he was like eight or nine, because oh, it's rated PG. Exactly, but rated PG <laughs> back then was different. Was, yeah, because it wasn't until I think it was Temple of Doom that PG thirteen was kind of released as a sort of middle. Like Jaws is PG. Oh my so god, is, I love Jaws. Um, so yeah, PG back then really meant. Shout something. out Indiana Jones too. <laughs> yeah. Now I, oh Indiana Jones is is so nostalgic, and I think Agreed. compared to. I mean, James Bond is also classic, but also when I was a, what was it? Um, when I was an angsty young feminist, I, uh, I noticed how like Indiana Jones he had women as his, um, oh. as his accomplices rather as James Bond who just kind of used them as, as sex objects. I mean, there's yeah. still great camp and enjoyment from from those. I still think uh, Casino Royale is the the more newer ones, but that was just something when I was. You know, learning about, like, uh, you know, women's rights and all that. For sure. Although Indiana Jones did get with a girl who was extremely young. I forgot about that. I haven't seen those movies in a while. Yeah, that's a weird part of that story. Indiana Jones is canceled 2019. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, yeah, I could talk about movies all day. Uh, (laughs) So we'll take take another break. Um, I have have pulled up here. I think the artist is Meat Mafia. Oh, no, no, the artist is the mouth. The artist is mouth, okay. And the song is Meat oh, Mafia. Like, you mentioned them earlier. Yeah, they're, they're, a, they're a two-piece, just drums and bass. Okay. It's got a ton of distortion on it. One of the first, like, kind of hardcore punk bands I got into. Really great. Okay, here we go. We'll be right back.
All right, welcome back to Your Life in America, live on KZAA LP 96.5 FM. We're also recording for SoundCloud. I am here live in the studio with a special guest, Henry. The Redeemer. The Redeemer. I was kidding. Yeah, you got Just it, sticking man. sticking with that. Lanier. Lanier. <laughs> Henry Lanier. <laughs> oh, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you here, man. You Thank are you. Very, it's been an honor to be here. You're so well articulated and spoken. I, I really, truly admire that about you. Um, so, yeah, let's. So we got we have, you know, a little bit of time left and we're, we're going to finish up with this last with this last little segment. But so we're talking about. Um, KZAA held a so well. Let's say start with uh, La Casa de la Raza mm-hmm. has is a historical venue for shows. Mm-hmm. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Bad Brains, The Ramones, Bad Religion, um, um, RKL, RKL, of course. Yeah, I mean, just tons of of you know epic epic punk rock shows. Um, and so KZAA held a fundraiser concert, uh, and this is a funny. This is funny why we brought this up because I have something that relates to you about this. Um, we had the concert over the summer; it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. I think uh, there hadn't been a punk show here in a long time, mm-hmm. and people enjoyed it. The music was good. Um, the I actually emceed that show, which was weird. Yeah. I had no idea I was going to do that, and I had never done that before. Mm. Um, so that was interesting for me, but I think the whole atmosphere of the whole show was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to interview the bands in here mm-hmm. and then before they went and played, which was even cooler. Um, so propaganda of the deed played mm-hmm. and I didn't know anything about them. I didn't know. I, for some reason I thought they were like going to be a ska band, <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny. Yeah. Because they're so far from that. Yeah. And I had no idea, like, and I think because I was kind of thinking, like, propagandy for oh, some reason. And okay. so I just, mm. like, for some reason was thinking ska. Mm-hmm. So all the bands played. They were all great. Um, and Propaganda the D played last. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was outside. And I heard, <laughs> and, and so I, and I heard it, and it was fast, mm-hmm. and it was loud. And I was like, whoa. So I came inside, and, and as soon as I came in, they were just getting into, like, a super heavy part Mm -hmm. and I was just like all right and then like and I liked it was great and then you sang two you sang two (laughs) songs for them right I did so here's the thing dude I had a sick video of you singing Mm -hmm. and stupid iPhone my iPhone like a month ago like reset and I lost all my pictures and videos Mm. and that was on there dude and I was so bummed because when I was uh posting about having you come on the show i was gonna post that video oh i see and i was going and i was like oh no i lost it it was so i was so bummed because it was awesome because you just grabbed the mic and you just yeah it was awesome uh, it was truly an honor because i remember because they the reason they broke up was two of their members went off to college and this is kind of a this is the first show they played since summer of 2016 which my friend Cosmoli and uh, his his brother were in that band as well as um, uh, Kelly, who is in uh, Penal Abuse, mm-hmm. and uh, that show that that sort of last official show in the Fun Zone, uh, I saw, and that was the first time Dead End Cemetery played the Fun Zone. That set of theirs—it was such a small room, the most intense, I think, pit I've been in. The very back of my tooth is still somewhat chipped from that. I got solid. And, I got all bloody in there, <laughs> but yeah, it was great to see them reunite and 
I don't think their their vocalists could make it, so they had they had some guests. They also had Manny from Headstomp, which was another great hardcore band from the day, do mm-hmm. some vocals and yeah, it was it was a, it was a good show and yeah, our, they were, I was so yeah, it was it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I was so not expecting that. And yeah, yeah, no. and it was so great to have it here at La Casa de la Raza, which had this you know big stage and nice room and acoustics and all yeah. that yeah so um unfortunately um possibly next week um i think yeah i, I don't know that, i mean yeah every wednesday from 5 p.m to not every wednesday but next wednesday from 5 p.m to 9 p.m there'll be an open mic forum right here at la casa de la raza here on kzaa anybody and everybody's welcome to come down and, and share their thoughts um, but yeah, like a week from today, there's a chance that this place will be closed down mm-hmm. um, and sold, which is very unfortunate. And um, I know that if you if you want to just share like what you think about that or memories from here or why you think it sucks that that's going to happen mm-hmm. or whatever you want to say, you know, because, uh, yeah, we've just been talking about it so much here and, and kind of just giving everybody the opportunity to say whatever they want to say or whatever, you know. I think it's, it's it's such an unfortunate byproduct of of capitalism mm-hmm. to to bring that up again, especially because this is such an important space for um, the community in general, but specifically minority communities within the you know the east side of Santa Barbara, yeah. which of of Milpas, which this you know I've seen they they would host like dance classes here for like. For young children, I was heavily yeah. involved in uh, ethnic studies. Now they this was be where you know a good place to host meetings, a nice big place where they'd have all their fundraisers. Yeah, have you heard of SBCC, the City College Club Met, uh, Club Mecha? I don't believe so. So I had four of the, those kids in here last week. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not kids; they're like 18, mm-hmm. 19. and they were part of ethnic studies now. Mm. And they talked about all these block parties and all this stuff that that they used to do here mm-hmm. as a part of that. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's all. I mean, it's it's an it's an emotional subject, and it's yeah. also Santa Barbara is you know not only so expensive to live in, uh, but also like I voted I voted for rent control, and uh, I'm sorry, my economics teacher was a nice guy, but he literally. <laughs> dedicated this whole bit of time to talk about why rent control is is bad and bad for business and it's like okay i understand that but there's so many independent businesses closing down because rent is too high and you know i especially on state street yeah and i i don't have a lot of expertise to talk about economic uh me either (laughs) all i know is that i just think i can just share i just think it's a bummer that so many you know independent uh, places and spaces like this that are great for uh, for the community are just you know being disregarded as a byproduct of that. Yeah, and this is, this is just a nice, this is a nice, beautiful looking build. Especially just because I used to live on the east side of of Milpas. I used to take walks there. There's uh-huh. this really nice house there that's all made of bricks and stones, and it's. Um, I mean, Santa Barbara is a beautiful place, but just like beautiful buildings like this yeah mm. yeah <laughs> like like god this place this is ri- this place is rich this place and yeah a vital hub for 
for punk rock and and hard. There's this Instagram account called. Uh, oh God, it's such a dark title. Killed by the kids, where uh-huh. they would like post all these old flyers and stuff, and so many of them were from Casa de la Raza. Yeah, I know. I've seen some like super epic flyers. Like mm-hmm. I saw one recently, and it was like Bad Brains. Mm. I want to say RKL was on it too. It was like Bad mm-hmm. Brains, RKL, and like somebody else. It was just like so epic, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's unfortunate, man. Um, but you know the powers that be. <laughs> mm. Um, I was gonna say one more thing. Um, oh yeah, have you had you been to any shows here? Like, have you been to any shows here other than like small local ones? Like any bands like bigger punk bands or had that already kind of stopped happening when you were going to shows at casa de la raza yeah yeah that had kind of stopped by the time i got because i kind of got involved going to shows 2014 yeah and i want to say around like 2007 like 2007 i saw some footage of like downpresser playing here but other than that i yeah, by the time I started going to shows, there weren't re- there wasn't really stuff happening here. I did try setting up shows here, but um, th- that didn't really go through because we were just kind of doing stuff, um, you know, ind- independently. And yeah, and that, it, but the other thing that sucks, man, is like so we did that we did the summertime fundraiser show, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually made a good amount of money for the radio station, and mm-hmm. we got to pay the bands, and All it was right. great, dude. Like it mm-hmm. it was great. People yeah. had fun. And um, so after that, there was a little bit of a demand for another punk show. Mm. And um, I told him I would do what I could to help, but my life is very busy. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know, let's let's try it. And people were interested. And then we kind of had started talking about a, a date in November to put together to have another punk show here. Because mm. people were legitimately like, whoa, I didn't know this kind yeah. of thing could happen here. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, because there's something about uh, punk shows that are like, for an outsider looking in, yeah. they're very much like, what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like what's happening here? And, um, but with this whole thing coming up with the building closing and stuff, mm. kind of had to put a hold to that. Yeah. And last point, uh, the, the singer, I think he's a singer, Josh, his hair kind of looks like yours. <laughs> Those guys are really cool. Mm-hmm. Last point. They're really, really cool. But this guy is like, he was totally willing to do an entire show here, mm. like set it up, book the bands, do the whole thing. Like mm. he was so down for the cause. And then we're just like, yeah, sorry, we can't, you know what I mean? Like can't do it yeah. right now. So it's really unfortunate, but. And, and I don't blame them for that. And that's, that's kind of been, uh, kind of an obstacle I faced when I, when I was trying to, to set up local shows is that marketing it as like a hardcore punk show. A lot of times venues or restaurants or places, you know, that, that, that can kind of be a bit off putting to them. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Oh, they're going to be like crazy people <laughs> yeah. breaking stuff. So, um, I totally understand why from, you know, everything that's going on with Casa de la Raza. So that, that that's why I think, you know, if there are going to be alternative, you know, spaces to be held. I just think there kind of has to be like the right language used Definitely. to just kind of, I mean, cause I mean, I mean, it's not like we're totally don't act like an idiot. Them. Yeah. <laughs> cause I mean, I think it is great. I I'm mean, it's unfortunate that some people, how many times you tell them to respect the space really like there is, uh, the Ventura library. They used to put on shows uh-huh. there. That's where I met, uh, this band, Civil Conflict, who are probably probably my favorite like modern nardcore band. Yeah, shout out to to them. But yeah, people just 
kept messing up the space and they jacked yeah. it used to just be $25 however long you want and then they jacked up the price to like hundreds of dollars yeah. because people were just making big messes there yeah and it's it's a that's bummer. why the showcase theater closed down really which is so unfortunate man because of just disrespectful uh yeah stuff. because of so much so much because that was a time that was a time in in punk music at least in the scene in in riverside and in, in riverside county in the inland empire where street mm-hmm. punk was very much like prevalent mm. and like you know like like the virus uh the virus the global threat um career soldiers cheap sex mm. you know like the big mohawks studded vests and mm-hmm. a lot a lot of like 40 ounces mm. <laughs> you know and fighting and just like the drunk punks like the casualties mm. thing you know like mm-hmm. that was big in the scene in in where showcase you know in our town and a lot of a lot of that was like fighting mm. um vandalism drinking just all kinds of stuff and the cops mm-hmm. were just there every single night there was a punk show there was somebody getting beat mm-hmm. up or some 40 ounce getting thrown against the 99 cent store windows mm-hmm. or somebody breaking into the laundry mat there was mm-hmm. just always some kind of knucklehead doing something and i was one of those people you know <laughs> in a way <laughs> um and so that's yeah that's what ultimately led to you know and i think financially too but um, yeah but yeah it's unfortunate it's a fine line to to walk between rowdy rambunctious wild music and um dancing i guess you could say (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then respect and like all that stuff but it is what it is man and um the power of the universe will determine whatever's supposed to happen i guess yeah (laughs) um all right man well i want to think you want to any any closing thoughts any last shout outs or anything you want to say before uh before before we sign off here if 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 uh, the station stays open and this continues to happen, you can come on all the time, man. Thank you. But it's unfortunate yeah. if it doesn't. Closing thoughts. Uh, go to the GoFundMe, donate anything you can to Casa de la Raza. And if you're going through stuff, find a way to to reach out to someone and talk about it i know this is really heavy but it's just like i don't know suicide is something i've just as of recently i've just become so aware of it's like i promise you it it can be prevented it's not an inevitability as it feels like to some people and that just having someone to talk to and just like i don't know it's just and just like find something for yourself that you can like latch on to and just you know whether that be writing or or music or sports or um community activism or or even like 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 business or you yeah. know all that all that math architecture stuff that i'm horrible at <laughs> if, if that's something <laughs> that you know that you're passionate about and that you're able to articulate around like put your freaking energy yeah in, in, into that you know like bless the world with yeah. with your vision yeah that's yeah you said it get off your phone (laughs) get off of face delete your facebook get off your phone and go jump in the ocean i've been i've been trying to get back into the habit of of reading more because my my mom is a writer and she shared to me the best way to grow as a writer is just to read and just as an artist in general don't be afraid to take influence it's always good to want to be original to not rip other people off 
but don't be afraid to take in inspiration from so Quentin Tarantino's ripped <laughs> off so many different like films, but he did he put his own twist on it, and he's yeah. one of the most you know revered directors of all time for sure. So like everything comes yeah. from something, anyways. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So take in reading art just yeah. take in the world and see how it can influence what you're passionate about definitely yeah i recently moved the tv out of my room mm. and i've been reading i'm I'm almost finished with harry potter the cursed child all right i don't my, know if you're a harry potter fan my girlfriend loves harry potter yeah um, so I, it's very nostalgic to me but yeah. if you were to quiz me on like in-depth lore oh no i, I would <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So they wrote, so they have the original seven books, mm-hmm. but they they just they released one a couple of years ago. J.K. Rowling wrote mm-hmm. a screenplay which mm-hmm. takes place 19 years after the last book mm-hmm. with Harry and and uh, Jenny's kids, and so I'm reading that right now. All right, yeah, and it's been nice to read before bed. Rather yeah, than, not that I don't love watching The Office. But <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so we'll play the Crash 45 song. For yeah, you. there's some good friends of mine. They they used to uh, be located in Santa Barbara here, but. Uh, Good friends, good groovy jams. Yeah. We'll, play. So we'll finish with that. And uh, yeah, you're, you've been listening to Your Life in America, uh, the weekly talk show slash hardcore punk pre-show on uh, KZAA LP 96.5 FM. Um, you've been listening to an interview with Henry. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it the French way. Say it the other way. <laughs> Henry Lanier. Lanier. Follow Henry on Instagram because his Instagram's awesome <laughs> and he's got pink hair too. <laughs> uh, follow Your Life in America on Instagram. Uh, YourLifeInAmerica.com is a collection of writing plus a link to our SoundCloud um, plus anything and everything that has to do uh, with this show is on YourLifeInAmerica.com and this interview, this show will be up there as well as our Edge Day pre-show. Mm-hmm. It'll all be on SoundCloud, so check it out. And until next week, pray for la casa. I keep trying to fight in vain, so I won't ever fade away. What you want, you gotta defy, cause it's telling you how to die. Am I just another?